standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Oh, guess what? Nick is back, thank God. Thank God Nick is back. He doesn't look too bad. He's a little, little pale, but not, not too. He actually looks, has more color in person than he does on, on camera. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. We got so much to get into. Is LeBron done? Have we seen the last of LeBron? Oh, if only. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we have not. Uh, but we got Bray's stuff to talk about. We got Buck stuff to talk about. We got... Ray's stadium news. I have news. I think it's pretty big. But it's not one of those uh, open and shut, closed things that I can report. It's more of a feeling. I'll just tell you that by speaking with a couple of people yesterday. So that's all I could say. I'm being very Devin White cryptic today. I see that. You're coming <laughs> I'm going to put cryptic. out Instagram like, ooh, I got a good one. I'll just leave it and just leave it out there with a picture of with picture of the Tampa you know skyline in a baseball stadium. (laughs) Ooh, I got a good one, and then we'll stay tuned till after the show. Big news (laughs) after the game. Big news coming your way. That's the big news. No, it's nothing like that. But you know, I just I think people should know. People should know. All right, and we got that. We got. we do have Devin White stuff to talk about. Scott Reynolds penned a great uh, letter of advice to Devin White. Uh, certainly, it kind of along the lines that we had Scott on last week, and we talked about this, and he put it down on pen and paper, and I think uh, did a hell of a job. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about per Devin White, it's, it's pretty obvious stuff, really. But not to some. Not to some. Uh, and Kalaji Kansi throws out a 50-cent level first pitch for uh for his and he debut. gets laughed out of the out of the building by his night. teammates by his own teammates Man, in, that's the, bad. in the race club that's not that actually shows you got a pretty good bond with your boys when they can laugh at you when you make yeah but that was yourself. that was carly ray jepson bad if you recall hers yes, in like 2012 kalijah can greg Ciano bad Oof. speaking of greg Ciano, we might get to that later yeah we might we might have to revisit memory lane a little bit there yeah i got some good stories for you <laughs> yeah I got some good you stories. Think TJ has any good stories there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He was, he was a piece of work, Greg Ciano. He really was. Super nice guy, by the way. Super nice guy. Oh, I'm sure he was. I mean, I wouldn't want to play for him. Well, we could trade horror stories. But, I think everybody could. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to play for him or, or or be under his you know watch employ in any way, shape, or form. But really, super nice guy. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people that know him. He lived in the area for a while, and and everybody just speaks very, very highly of him as a man. He just really didn't know how to approach professional football players very well. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> He was a little misguided in that area. Let's just say that. Hey, before we go any further, though, real quick, I'm not going to go down memory. I'm not going to jog everybody about my weekend. Just know that Sunday was one of the worst days of my life so this on is this a, earth. So, you know, it wasn't food poisoning. It was a stomach flu? This was a stomach flu. Casey had been dealing with this all week, right? Oh, she had it before you. She had it before okay. me, and so I was taking – keeps on giving. I was literally taking care of her on you Friday. Yeah, literally, literally. I was taking care of her on Friday, and then it goes two days later. I'm, like, completely inept, and she's taking care of me, right? Which 
prompted the tweet that yeah. you uh, that you had wor- you told me you're like you can't clean up after yourself, and I'm like, if you can understand, well, Ashley, Ashley was beside herself. She's if you like, if you could like, understand, what is he an eight year old boy? He can't make it to the toilet. He's getting, his wife is cleaning up after him. I'm like, you don't know how severe. You don't this understand was. how bad this was. This was a seven hours of hell type deal yeah. where I spent majority of that in the bathroom, bent over a toilet, right. I threw up in the double digits is where I threw up on Sunday. Why didn't you have a bucket that you carried around with you? We didn't have a bucket that was big enough. <laughs> this is so gross. It was. It was. All, we're, it, we're breaking this down. I didn't mean we're to go. Down to, I didn't mean to go. In, stomach flu right here I didn't mean JP to go Pearson in this show, death about it, it. What I was going to say is that for the first time in a long time, I did. I did one thing. I sat at home for two straight days, Sunday and Monday, and did absolutely. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you today. It's great. I don't understand how we have an unemployment issue and a get off your ass issue in this country because that was awful. <laughs> that was the worst thing I did this weekend, actually. You didn't like it? Was sit there and do nothing but stare at the ceiling for two whole days by myself. You couldn't watch the PGA Championship? You, JP, yesterday was the worst because Casey went back to school. Yeah. I was home alone all day. Oh, no. I'm telling you. I don't know how these people do it that are unemployed. I can't sit there like that. Yeah. Like, I felt like I needed to be here. Well, it's you know, not I like couldn't. they're not doing anything. You know how many games of Dungeons and Dragons or Roblox you can play in a day? I mean, they've got everything at their fingertips. You know, every, listen, every, I every, have, everything, listen, and I mean everything, is virtual. Listen, uh, Why I have, would they leave the house? I am, a, I am a little bit of a gamer. I have my PS5. Yeah, yeah. I tried to play it yesterday. I played it for like 15 minutes, got and nauseous. even I got bored. You got bored? Even I got bored. I didn't know what to do with myself yesterday. Some people are just wired differently, bro. And uh, <laughs> luckily, you're wired to. I'm come, like, to I, come was to happy, work, I was happy. I was happy to nice come in because today. I don't think the fans <laughs> ever want to see me do it again by myself. Yesterday, it was, it was, it was. Uh, trust me, it was harder on me than it was on you, people. Well, we've traded. We did have some very good interviews. We've yesterday. traded in between in between the the tech, technological issues. We had some great interviews yesterday, and we had fun on the show. So you know, there you go. You make what you can. Yeah. Instead of listening to eight minute commercial breaks, you just have to listen to me bellyache about I can't hear somebody on my. I, mean, I still blame Dan. It was Dan's fault. I couldn't have been. It definitely was his fault. As the technical guy here, I'm here to tell everybody. <laughs> it wasn't Dan's fault. fault. It, it was, was Dan's, Dan's fault, maybe. Dan's fault. Okay. Who knows? Whatever. They're funny. They could hear him, but I couldn't hear him. So how could it be Dan's fault? It was Dan's fault. But I couldn't hear him. I mean, everybody else could hear him. Right, whatever. All right, let's get into it. Um, before we get to before we get to the game last night and the Rays and, and all that stuff, um, I, I do want to say that that obviously with this report that Dan Doyle was trying to buy the Rays or is trying to buy the Rays that came up this weekend, uh, Dan Doyle Jr., owner of Dex Imaging, uh, real estate developer, his father, uh, Dan Doyle Sr., was an original member of the Rays ownership group with Vince Namoli. A lot of ties here. Dex Imaging has been a big uh, sponsor of the Lightning, the Rays, and every. And so um, I don't think he was very pleased that that, that news got out. Um, so, uh, and he, you know, does not want to do any interviews, doesn't want to talk about it. And my sense is that the, you know, the, what the perceived price of the Rays are and what Stu Sternberg wants for them are two totally different things, like ridiculously different. And it just goes to show you how much money he's making. Um, he's not going to sell this franchise for anything less probably than $2.5 billion because that's what people are now estimating the expansion fee is going to be. 
which is um, it's mind boggling. It's 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 absolutely mind boggling. But that this franchise, this baseball franchise, and and that's because of how much money it throws off, and how much money can be made with a deal in Tampa, and that's where everything is focused. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna say I've talked to some good sources. That's all I'm gonna tell you, folks. And you know, I've I've had great sources on this from the very very beginning, and I'll say it again, and we've said it before. The game that's being played in St. Petersburg is not the game you think it is. Ken Hagen said that a couple of months ago. Uh, that's been echoed to me by people in the know. And I'm just telling you, I've never been more sure that the Rays are going to build a stadium in Tampa. That's just my opinion. It's just my opinion, so take it for what it's worth. But the forces, I believe, that are working now and this news of Dan Doyle trying to buy the team uh, with the, and have a local representation here with his partners, I think this is all very much going according to script by Major League Baseball, and they are, they are in control of this process for all, a lot of it in terms of getting the team to Tampa. That is Major League Baseball's number one goal. It, and the folks in Hillsborough County are not going to give a blank check to the Rays like many of you think they should. Oh, there's no public money there. They don't want to give the Rays any money. No, they want to give them money. They want to give them money, but only money that is responsible to the taxpayers. That, that they can assure that they're going to get that money back. Because there's a lot of money to be made in this deal in Tampa. This real estate deal, this development deal. Look at the prices for real estate, condominiums, all these things, commercial real estate. Uh, you can't find it in South Tampa. It's very difficult to find it in South Tampa. And the prices and projections for a real estate development around a baseball stadium, an iconic baseball stadium in Ebar Marina, are astronomical. And Daryl Shaw has been working this deal for five to seven years acquiring property. He's no dummy. He's no dummy. He's not going to spend that much money unless they have a pretty good feel that this is where it's heading. These are smart people. Uh, Dan Doyle's a smart guy, and he may be the one that gets this over the top to get the deal done in Tampa. I don't know that, that part of the equation. I don't. But it's interesting that his name has surfaced at this particular time. And he's got deep pockets, and he's a local ownership guy, which is exactly what Major League Baseball wants here. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? They want ownership here that is going to market the team um, and be able to increase local revenues so the other owners don't have to continue to pay revenue sharing to a team that keeps kicking their ass in the standings. Do <laughs> you think the other owners are enjoying this? No, they're not. And they're not doing it anymore. Because they know that this franchise is not a small market. They know that this franchise should be standing on its own two feet with being the 11th largest media market and the 17th largest down the road. They know that the stadium location has always been the problem. It's the reason that, you, that the Rays heart weren't going to get a team until Vincent Moley backed them into a legal corner to do so. That, that's the, and, and, and even after that, Bud Selig said uh, shortly after the Rays were born, well, the stadium will eventually be in Tampa. He said that on the record. So it, it, to think that, that we've come to this crossroads 25 years in, 
and Major League Baseball is going to make let this franchise make the same horrific mistake that they made in the beginning, you're crazy. You're crazy. And the fact that the Rays have not done a deal yet in St. Petersburg ought to tell you something. And, you know, I'm sorry, Mayor Welch, but when you went out and, and gave the Rays and Heinz, their partner, the development rights without guaranteeing they were going to build a stadium on that site, you lost. That was the point at which you lost. And they were never going to agree to it anyway, which is probably why you probably asked them a million times and they said no. No, no, no. But we'd like the development rights in case we might build in St. Petersburg. How about that? I mean, you're not, I, I can't, the only way you're going to get it done is with our help. So, you know, we're holding all the cards here. So you can agree to give us the, re, uh, the redevelopment rights, and we might build one here, or we're just going to definitely build one in Tampa. So, and he said, okay, we'll give you the rights. And please, we'll put a great deal together, and hopefully you'll take our deal. Nope. Nope. Unless, it, it, I, unless the city wants to pay for the entire stadium, $1.2 billion, I think at some point maybe that would put it over the top. But even that's not going to come close to the amount of revenue, more revenue that this team is going to make over the next 30, 40, 50 years on the Tampa side, closer to Orlando, where all the growth is. So as a combination of reading the tea leaves and talking to people, that's what I'm telling you. And I could be a 1,000% wrong, but that's what's going on in my gut, and I figured I'd tell you and just leave it at that. So we'll see. It's going to happen. We'll, we'll see what will play out. And, again, I could be dead wrong, but that's the way I'm reading everything right now. And, I think I, and I've never been more sure of it than I am today. Never. So if it gets built in St. Pete, fine. You know, it's going to be a disaster long term. It's going to be a waste of money. The same problem. By the way, how many were there last night? Oh, we've solved the, the, the riddle of, of attendance in St. Petersburg. We've solved it. We just have to market the team better. It's CJP, it's just been a matter, like you've been saying, they just need to market the team. Yeah, they do need to market the team, but you're never going to get into, in St. Pete what you're going to get in Tampa. Never. Never. Even with the most brilliant of marketing. Even the Savannah Bananas plays against them every night. It's just not going to happen. It's location, location, location. That's baseball. I don't make the rules, but that's what it is. And that's what, in money talks, follow the money, that's where the money leads you. Not to the short-term money. That's what everybody says. Oh, there's more money in St. Pete. Short-term for the Rays and Stu Sternberg. Short-term. Long-term, it's Tampa. That's where the money, that's where you follow the real money. That's where the real money is. Way more premium seating, corporate seating, luxury boxes, other events, other teams, professional teams. You think it's going to be easier for the Rays to get an MLS team if they're playing in a you know, 10,000 you know, beautiful waterfront stadium down in uh, St. Pete or a beautiful iconic dome like in Georgia, like what they did with Atlanta in the middle of a market of 2.4 million people and, and, and over 7 million people within an hour and a half? Yeah, that's a better MLS bid, I would think. So everything comes together over there, and I've never been more sure of it. Um, do we have any comments that I need to address here? 
This is Richie P. I had no information on any of this stuff, but you could see this brewing new ownership two years ago when we tossed that topic around here on the JP show. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been out front on this, I think. We take our shots, you know. People come shooting at us, but I think we've been out front on it. If an ownership group has to pay a couple billion, then this team would be DOA after the purchase, says James. I mean, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem, especially, especially if Stu Sternberg decides to suck a lot of that income out of the of the team like i said he he has the he got an advance payment i think on the first 10 years or maybe seven years on the uh regional sports network contract which was used to be fox sports sun and now it's turned into bally's and the reason one of the reasons bally went broke is because they pay they pay out these ridiculous rights fees that were based on projections of keeping these cable customers well, you know, the cable customers have gone away, so everything's up for grabs now. There's still money out there, but nobody knows how to collect it um, in terms of getting it, paying off these teams and these huge rights fees, which have been already negotiated and are locked in stone for the next, you know, five to ten years. So, you know, that that could come out of a purchase, that money. And that wouldn't that, that, that new team would not have that money. And, and according to the lawsuit from his partners, that money has already been moved into a separate account that only he owns. So that, ain't, that money ain't coming to the new owners. So they, they'll be starting already with their hands tied behind their back, not having any regional television revenue, which is a huge source of their income, uh, $85 million a year. So, yeah, that's not good. Uh, what does uh, Richie be out outside of the JP show? The only other person who knew this crap, this shit was going to happen was Christman. And he tried to warn Welch. Oh yeah. Mayor Christman. I know him. <laughs> Sorry. I know him. <laughs> yes. You're a hundred percent right. What do you, th- why do you think Christman wanted to get that redevelopment thing done before his term was out? Because he knew what the Rays were going to do to Welch. He knew it. I knew it. We talked about it on this show. We talked about it on this show. Everybody thinks it's Kreisman or it's Baker. It's was the other Foster. It's all, Stu's done it to all of them. All of them. Welch, we said, sorry, you're next. Stu's going to play you too. And I don't mean that derogatory towards those mayors. They didn't get. They knew what was going on. There's just nothing they could do about it, really, because the Rays are holding the cards in that lease. And now it's Mayor Welch's turn. The good news is this will all turn out good, because it's going to be the stadium in Tampa. It's going to be an iconic stadium. All are saw, and hopefully there will be a new ownership group involved. Hopefully. By the way, to the point about the attendance last night, because. This is, what I, this is what bothers me, is the attendance has been on the uptick all season long. Even during the weekday games, I don't recall them having a game under 10,000 this, or under 10, this yeah, year. Yeah. I think this was the first one, yeah. which that's a miracle, honestly. We're almost in June. Right. And so last night it was 8,857, and then it forces like Rays fans to go into deflect mode and mop-up mode because then everybody from the outside, all of a sudden now everybody cared about the attendance numbers that's not in this market right, yesterday. Of course, yeah, and the of John Haymans of the world, the big baseball columnist, all had a problem with it yesterday and wrote pieces about it, like good thing, uh, good thing they're the best team in baseball, you know? 
And, you know, and it's like we as a market have to pay for that, I guess, to see that all the time. And I think it's very unfair. And, you know, to the point of why it was low last night, I'll give you the answer. And I'm sure that's not the only reason why it was low last night. You were bound to have some kind of a drop down sure. eventually. Yeah. But it is exam week around here in these, uh, in these counties. So graduations going graduations on. going on. I think that's a valid reason for maybe it was a little bit lower yesterday than maybe you were expecting because yeah. this is a this is Toronto coming in like this is a you know and it's kind of a tweener series too because if you're you're going to buy tickets yeah right? you want to go to this weekend you want to go to Glasnow's coming back Dodgers I mean, and then you had you know you had another weekend series preceding it yeah it just kind of it's in no man's land yeah it's kind of yeah and here come the Blue Jays who we see a lot yeah yeah you know it, there's not you know you mean to tell me there was no demand to see Kevin Kiermaier's return you mean to tell me that they didn't come out in droves <laughs> oh. So sad. <laughs> that was one thing when they started playing the, the tribute. He jumps out of the dugout. Oh yeah, I know. He jumped out of the dugout. He couldn't just you know get put one foot up on the field and raise the cap. He had to jump out and he had to sprint. I thought he was going out onto the field. I thought he was going to run to center field and put his little eye black on, and we were going to have a redo. <laughs> Here we go. Flip get the, the glove. Out. Flip the glove. I thought we were going to do everything. Maybe just you know do one more leap up against the wall. Oh for your man. Measure. Act like he came down. Oh, with that would have been great. Don the hat. Oh man, could have got one of the other outfielders to throw a ball so That's he so could reenact sad. it. Damn, we could have had him freaking try to outleg a double that he should have just left for a single. He could have jammed his finger. We could have gone down the <laughs> whole. We we could have gone ten years. We could have got it done could've, last night. He could have said, "Stop the video." I got an eyelash in my eye. I can't watch. Oh my gosh! That's so bad. I can't believe you just made me do that. You're so. I didn't how did you make, suck me into that disrespectful I didn't make you do anything. On Kevin Kiermaier, how did you suck me into that? That was awful on your part. I had to get it in last night. Oh my! I had you to even get made it me participate in that. I, I had love to get Kevin Kiermaier. You know what he did though last night? Thank <sighs> goodness he 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 did he did ditch the eye black. He's he ditched, did? he's ditched the eye black and he's replaced it with his nice little Oakley goggles and everything. You know, hey, I'll tell you this too. That's a different swing I saw last night too. It's a much more level swing. Yeah, thank thank you for doing that in year twelve. But. Yeah, much more. He's hitting three hundred. I'm like, well, of course he's hitting three hundred. He's not swing, singing, swinging the bat at a forty five degree angle anymore. Like, oh, what a what a what a what a brainstorm yeah, this is. I, I meant to say that, by the way. I, I thought, what are you going to do? Lay down a drag bunt, and then I'm going to lose my mind. To that to that point, I meant <sighs> I meant to if bring it up. He lays down uh, a drag bunt in this series. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll go out there and strangle him. I literally told him to do that in the oh, studio. Now, who, now who's being disrespectful to Kevin Kiermaier? <sighs> Sorry, he started it, Kevin. I'm, I'm, you know, I am not in control of my emotions. Well, I meant right to, now. I meant to say this yesterday on the show, but obviously I could not make it. To the point of the Milwaukee series, when I saw Willie Adamas hit two home runs in this series, my my first thought was, oh, oh, now you can hit in the drop. <laughs> oh, now you can. You're seeing, you're thing. seeing better now, aren't yeah. you? Well, that's because they got him contact lenses when he went to Milwaukee. He's blind as a bat while he was here. It's like the James. Apparently, the James, he was going to the same <laughs> eye doctor as Jameis <laughs> for the first five years of his career. He had twenty eighty vision. People were like you know, you might want to get you know, I don't know, some contacts. Maybe I don't know. You throw in twenty interceptions a, a year, perhaps you know, if you could see, it might work better. Sorry, Jameis tirade there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got LASIK. Wow, you're five. That's a that's brilliant. 
I don't know. It could have cost you $150 million, but I don't know. <laughs> Do you think? I don't know. Could have got a deal with Optograph, and they probably would have traded it out for a little, you know, <laughs> so you could see down the field, you know. Is that a gold jersey, or is that, is that white? I can't. Let me squint and see before I throw the ball. Oh, my goodness. Show's already off the rails. <laughs> Richie said KK was waiting for confetti to come from the Raptors. <laughs> I was told there'd be confetti. What the hell happened? I'm not he's going, like, I'm he's not like, going back in the dugout until I get my Wait confetti. He's like, where, where was my clip of where I said I was the best defense def- defender in the game? Where was my clip at? I didn't see that clip thrown in there. Yeah. We burned that from the archives now? I you know I made that you know proclamation. I want to make oh. it's on the record, baby. Damn. When I say I'm the best, I'm the best. Damn. Damn. It was so satisfying though to see Jose Siri hit a bomb near in the vicinity of Kevin Kiermaier yesterday. Oh, he did. He that did. was a bomb. A bomb. Yeah. And Kevin <laughs> Kiermaier could not get to that one. Go 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 get that. All right. Oh. I've I've uh. Let, we should probably just restart. Hit a break and then come back. We need to hit a break because your computer looks like it's yeah, just uh, it's taking a you know what right here. Kevin Kiermaier said, "I've had enough of you. I've had enough of you, pal." I think Um, I I think I passed my stomach flu onto your uh, your laptop. You may have done that too. Yeah, Um, we'll be back. We'll fix this. Trust me, I know what's going on here. Anybody, anybody uh, who fixes computers, um, hit me up and won't take it away for a month. Won't take it away for a month. Like like some people that will go unnamed. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you get it. You get free warranty with this. Yeah, just bring it in and we'll fix anything. Yeah, just have to leave it for three months. All right, back in three. Experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had. It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area 
for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. The 3-2, there's a drive. Deep into left center. Siri makes the turn at first. Put on the brakes for a moment, and then he saw the home run. Yeah, I thought that one was off the wall because in that little area in uh, left center field where they have the white line right above that. So I, I will say that was a bold pimp job of him. Yeah, it was. There. He went full full blown on that, and then I saw the trajectory of the ball, and I'm like, that ball's not getting out. Wait a second. And that even got me, too. I didn't know that white line existed over there. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I thought was, is that something new? It has to be new. I mean, what are the odds, by the way, you get two home runs in that same area last night? I feel like I never see home runs hit there. No. He hit his there off that wall, and then Merrifield puts his right in that little triangle that exists between those three walls. I've never seen that before in the same game. Yeah, that was um, that was bizarre. But, again, what, three homers last night for the three Rays? Three homers last night. Was that the 15th or 16th time they've done that this season already? They've got ten guys that have nine, is it nine or more homers. Ten uh, guys. Yeah. They're five, it's five or more, and it's an MLB record. I think I think it's more than that now. It, it might be. It might, I think it's more. Than I think that we're now. building more right now. Yeah, it's that's whatever, ridiculous. Whatever the number is, they're the first have, team to do it in fifty games or less to start a season. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and that's what's just crazy about it. It's everybody chipping in. Nobody's having this like ridiculous year. But even the guys that are part-time players like Rayleigh are raking. That was a freaking seed he hit last night in Siri. You know, I don't. I don't know. You know. I don't know what other teams are doing in player development, but damn, how did the Rays just find I, these players? I man? know. I looked up Jose Siri today because I was like, I've never really gone deep on where this guy came from. And I found it funny. This guy was signed and waived three times yeah. by three different organizations in 2020. So while the Rays were on the national stage in a World Series during the, the pandemic year, Jose Siri was a non-factor in baseball, cut three times for the teams. Latches on with the Astros, and the Rays go and acquire him to replace Kevin Kiermeyer. And yes, I know Mr. Kiermeyer is having a good season and all that. Yeah. But I think we would take this trade off any day of the week with what we're getting from Jose Siri. Yeah. yeah it's unbelievable. Uh, it, it, this is incredible what we're getting from all these guys collectively. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm still concerned about the pitching. I mean, even last night with Fairbanks on the hill, 
I was I was actually on with Peter Blake last night on his fine podcast. By the way, check that out, the Sports Web, Peter Blake, and we we were like watching the game together on the air. And, I, and we're both like, oh, my God, Fairbanks, I just feel so Pete Alonzo. It, it? It's not even funny. <laughs> this is, oh, my God, now the tying runs on. Oh, my God. And then he, he gets the little dribbler back from uh, – and, of course, with um, – it was uh, Bichette that Bichette, was up, too. Yeah. yeah. That guy who's been a raised killer. I'm like, oh, here we go. One hometown hero last week with Pete Alonzo. Here's the next hometown hero going to walk it off on the raise. We're not walk it off, but hit yeah. another. Toronto, Toronto gives me like an uneasy feeling every time we play them. Yeah. I, just, I think that you got to say that about the entire AL East this year to a, to a, a point. Ridiculous. They all give me that uneasy feeling. It doesn't matter how far ahead we are. Right. It feels like at any moment these teams can get back into it. Absolutely. I had the same feeling yesterday with Toronto. We just don't have a confidence in our bullpen right now. And there were times when Fairbanks, I mean, Fairbanks, isn't that weird? Fairbanks went, what, 27 scoreless innings? 29. 29. And suddenly we're now, oh, Fairbanks. I mean, why? It's just, it's just, this, this team has got that vibe now that their bullpen is just not getting it. No, the bullpen's not getting it right now. I think they had, they had surpassed the A's for having the worst bullpen in May. I yeah. think they might be inter- interchanging with them right now. Right. Remarkably, though, the starting staff is still number one in all of baseball, and they're the only team with a sub-three combined ERA in the starting staff. Yeah. And you got another outstanding outing last night from Josh Fleming yeah. as well. I thought Josh was, was great last night. Yeah, he was. He's been great since the Washington start when we all had the pitchforks out, remember? Send yep. him back to Durham. He's not right. a raised pitcher. Right. He's been great ever since. This rotation has held itself together, at least. It has. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, Now you get Glass now back. Cool. Now you get Glass now back. And he is chomping at the bit. Uh, we got a little sound from Mr. Glass now. Um, let's Looking good. He's got the hair. Yeah. Oh, look at the lettuce. Look at the, the lettuce is salad in and baseball. Form. Look at that. All right, Tyler, I guess just first of all, how excited are you to be back this weekend and, and pitching again for this team? Yeah, really excited. It's been a while, uh, like, just doing the rehab stuff, going and doing all the minor league stuff again. Uh, I'm just glad I'm feeling good and ready to go. I was going to say, how do you feel? I mean, six innings, six strikeouts in Durham would certainly indicate that you feel up to par. Yeah, I feel good. Uh, it was just nice getting that rhythm back and then kind of yeah. being on that, like, five, six-day routine again, doing, like, the four innings and then going back out and doing six. So it's just good to get back on like that. I don't know, that like wheel again, that routine. So everything's feeling good. Was there a point or something that happened that you knew you were ready? Mm, no, I think there was that one start where I like felt a little off and I was like, maybe I'll just postpone this one. And then I think after that, like that four inning one, I was like, all right, I feel good again. I kind of got into like that, like compete mode. I'm not like in practice mindset anymore. I'm just going out there trying to get guys out. So yeah, probably after that last, like not this one, but the one prior. What's it going to be like to join a team that's already kind of in motion and off to a good start? It's good, yeah. It's better to join a team like that than one that's not in motion and doing bad. So um, it's been nice to just watch the guys go out and uh, play well. And I've said it before, like it just makes it less stressful, I guess, for me just to know that we have so many guys that can come and like just start and do well. You know, it's just I'm glad I can come out and, and help when I can. But it's good to see everyone just playing well, even when I'm not there. Obviously, this is their decision ultimately, but given when you're starting, do you feel like you're kind of reins-free, just go the rest of the season? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I think I went six last time, so I'm, I'm assuming like a pitch count's there. I can, I don't I really don't know. I'm just going to try and pitch each inning, and then when they tell me to go out, I'll go out, and if they tell me not to, I won't. That's <laughs> kind of how it is. Yeah. How much of the past injuries weighing on your head, or do you try to block that out when you're trying to get back here? Not really thinking about it. Just kind of 
go pitch, just like each start, and then kind of take each start for what it is. What have you thought just of, I mean, you kind of addressed this a little bit, but just of the way this team has been playing, clicking on all cylinders, offense, defense, pitching, everything. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I said, just, I mean, it makes my life less stressful. You know, I'm not, like, if we lose in a bunch, I'm at home, like, oh, my God, I got to, like, you know, and it's always, like, I always want to get back as soon as I can, but it's nice to have them go out and play well. And it's just, it's like she said, just coming into a team that's already, like, well-oiled and, and doing well. I'm just glad I can jump in and be in the rotation. Well, he sounds mentally ready to go. There's no question about that. I think he answered everything correctly, um, and I think he answered it with conviction. Uh, just reading between the lines, and I, you know, I've I've told you many times, having been in this business for a long time, you can tell when guys are faking it and when they're not. Mm-hmm. And my verdict on that is not. He's ready to go, and I think he's focused now. It, you know, to to the question of, do you think about the past injuries? Well. I will tell you this, his sports scientist, his mental coach is telling him, don't, don't. But it's, it's impossible. I don't care how much meditation you do. It's going to be creeping into his head when he feels, feels a little twinge here and a little twinge there. Mm-hmm. Because that's just pitching. That's just everyday stuff. You're gonna, this is going to hurt, that's going to hurt, you know, and then it just goes away. But sometimes it doesn't go away, yeah. and that's been way too many times for Tyler Glasnow. Well, I will say, when we were talking about Tyler Glasnow, uh, his return, even his probably two, three weeks ago, we were talking about how like he's coming into like a dire situation we were almost talking about yeah. with the pitching staff. And it hasn't turned out that way. It has not turned out that way. We I really think haven't... it's a little bit of fool's gold right now. You think so? I do. I do. Explain. I... Explain. Well, okay. Do you think we can continue this season with two starters, in essence? Well, what are, who are the two starters? Eflin and McClanahan. They're the only ones that are giving you any significant innings at the beginning that are left. Todd. Todd hasn't done it. No, he's done it four times. He hasn't done it consistently. He's, he's not he, done it consistently, I okay. get you. I'm just saying, like, what, what do we know? What do we know, guys, that we know are going to give us five to six, hopefully seven, every day? It's two. You got Fleming two. has done it in every start, I believe, since the Washington one. Albeit behind the opener, but that True. doesn't really bother me as much. Good point. Good point. And well, this in, is how this is how they're piecing it and together. And he's right he's now. in the minors right now, right? Because I think they needed some other arms in the bullpen. But I think Yanni Chirinos has been pretty impressive in that role. Well, that's how they've been piecing it together. To that. That's why we're still winning baseball games. Yeah. My point is that cannot sustain itself. It's already creeped into draining the bullpen, like we saw on the road trip when you're starting to loot the bullpen. Guys are just they're they're, they're already taxed. taxed. Yeah. Because you don't, they're eating up all these innings in the middle. So what I'm saying is, it, it, while it looks fantastic from the outside right now, it looks—I mean, it looks like a freaking mansion of gold right now when you look at the outside. But I'm saying inside, there's some cracks in the foundation. Because if Tyler Glass now cannot come back and give you significant every, you can't go through this season with two guys giving you six and seven innings. Mm-hmm. Can Taj do it? Yeah, he could. But you're asking a lot of a young rookie who's never done it before. I know, but I mean, you're at, can, Fleming, every... can Fleming keep pitching like this in Chirinos? Sure, they could. Chances are they're not that good, and, I, and they're just throw, hot right now. Yeah, and you could throw Beaks in there as well. Exactly. So my point is, while this looks like a really beautiful mansion right now, this pitching staff, and it's you know it's freshly painted, there's some cracks. And if 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 Glass now can't do it, and we've had every indication that he can't on mm-hmm. a consistent basis. Yeah. Okay. Are, are the all these other things that we Chirinos and Fleming and Taj Bradley is that all going to continue to 
play out? Chances are in baseball, no. That's why I think Glass now is the linchpin to the success of this team. If he stays healthy, if Glass now stays healthy and gives you six to seven, five, six, seven every five days and can go into the postseason with those three guys. We're not talking about fool's gold, then. Are no, we? <laughs> then that mansion is starting. You know, they're they're patching up the cracks. That's why I think Glass now is the absolute linchpin and, to this entire season. He saves your bullpen. He can be a dominant number one starter. And when combined with those two other guys, yeah. with Shane and Eflin in a postseason series, you only need three really good starters in a postseason because yeah. it's so spread out. You got a chance to do something special. Without Glass now, you only got two. Well, here's here's another thing, too, and correct me if I've missed something, right, which is possible. I don't believe Drew Rasmussen has been announced for Tommy John. No, but he went right to the 60-day deal. Okay, okay, he did, right? So he's right. going to miss a minimum of two months, but he hasn't had any surgery yet. Okay. Okay, I'm just saying, it's, what do we, how many weeks are we removed from that injury? About you- two? I am. You in, can almost add him in I potentially. In, I am in camp realism. You I in understand. Camp ifs and buts and candy and nuts. Okay, so my camp usually, even though it's somewhat boring and predictable, this is the way things usually go in baseball. But sometimes you get a full season out of Tyler Glass now, or at least here on in. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are the chances? Fifty percent. 80%, of getting a full season out of Glass from, now? It, for him pitching the rest of the way. I mean, Into they, the postseason. I mean, they flashed the graphic up right there. And mind you, if you pitch one full season in, in baseball as a starter, typically you're looking at like 32 to 35 starts. Right. He's been here since 2018. He's been here since 2018. He's only started 50 games for the race. Total. 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 That's it. And the only full in season, five seasons. The only full season he made it through was the pandemic season, and that was his worst season. And that was an abbreviated season. And that was the abbreviated season. So the chances are low. Like I don't have any doubts, and I don't think you do either. If Tyler Glasnow is healthy, I know what I'm getting. Yes, I yes. know what I'm getting, and I'm getting a guy who you, you see McClanahan. He takes the ball every fifth day, and a you see what he does. Number one. I'm getting a dominant. I'm adding a num- another number one to this team. I've said in some respects, I feel like Glasnow, maybe McClanahan has changed that because he's added this crazy changeup. Mm-hmm. Before this season, I would have told you, I think Glasnow actually is better stuff than McClanahan. I think McClanahan might have changed that with this whole little changeup he's got now. But given the way Glasnow has pitched, and I know it's small sample sizes, I think at times he's been the better guy. Regardless, when he's really at matter. his best, he's at better best. than Shane's best. That's just my opinion. I, I, I think he's more dominant. I think it's, I think it's you know. But I mean, we're picking hairs yeah, here, though. Yeah. It's almost like a personal preference type right, of thing. Right. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. You have two ones the based on talent that are dominant. And I, can't, I don't think we can overstate enough the importance of Zach Eflin oh my God, to no. this equation. Because a great pickup. if you think about Zach Eflin, what is he this year to the Rays? He is what they tried to get out of Michael Walker and Rich Hill in 2021. He's Charlie and he Morton. Is, he's Charlie Morton. There you go. He's what they tried to get out of Corey Kluber last year and failed to do because those guys were all just over the hill or the Rays just couldn't fix them, right? Mm-hmm. This is different. They were kind of good. This is, this is Charlie. They have finally found their Charlie, Charlie Morton, Morton, a right. guy, that, a stopper. I call him, he's like a stopper. He can just go out there. He can eat innings, give you seven, pound the strike zone. Give up two runs, three max. Yeah, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, with this offense, that's a win and, column And that's every fine. Day. You can't yep. overstate his importance yep. to this whole ordeal. So, yep. yeah, you got three guys and, right and, now. And, and just to add, to kind of put a bow on this discussion, I think Neander has to go out and find one too. 
you got to get in this situation. Another starter? Yes. In this situation where you're off to the best start in history, you can't waste that start. You can't waste that start. You've got to, even if you're uncomfortable in some, what you got to give up. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This is your Julian Brisebois moment. Your team has a chance to do it. They're all hitting on cylinders. Your team is ready to go. It needs a little bit of help and a little bit of tweak. If I've got to give up what I believe is a future arm to get a guy, and this guy may have significant salary. God damn it, Stu Sternberg. If you put if, if you put the kibosh on anything because of salary, I swear to God, I swear to effing God. I'm going to go postal on your ass. I won't even know. I don't even, we won't even know because it'll all happen behind closed, but I'll find out. I will find out. And, and I th- but I think he will. I think, well, whoever's running the team now, <laughs> um, I think they will definitely allow him to go spend that money, even if it's a guy that makes $14, $15, 20000000 million a year. I think that's I they, think that's they, doable. They owe it to this team damn right and this do. and this start that they've You're had right damn now. Damn right they do. They owe it to the fans. You've made your gazillions of dollars, Stu. You're gonna cash out probably two and, billion and dollars. I, and profit. I think and I think they're going to. Yeah, they You've gotta get uncomfortable sometimes. Yes. Right? The lightning have, have been on the edge of being uncomfortable for years and the reward is you get to be in the top of the, the food chain, right? Yes. And yes. the rays are pushing it right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that have doubts if they're going to be able to continue this in October. But you know what? If you can f- solidify some of these minor things. We're talking about minor things. And when it comes to the, to the playoffs, it, it comes down to the nuts and bolts, right? Right. right. We're talking but about minor guy, things to that, put you over the top. And I'm talking, like, I'm talking an upper echelon starter here. I'm talking about one of the really good ones. Yeah, I'm not talking, my, about, I'm not talking about going and picking up. Madison Bubgarner on no, free agency. No, I'm not no. talking about that. It's not a bad idea. I mean, if you, no, if it's it a cost, terrible. If idea. it costs you nothing, no, it's a terrible idea. Okay, All right, whatever. Um, it, but it, but I'm talking. They don't need to look at the trash heap. They got money. They got money. They didn't go out and spend you the money you were going to spend on a left-handed hitter that you don't have to spend on anymore. Spend that money on a proven starter in the playoffs. A guy that we know can. Because think about it, even if Glass now stays healthy, which he's not. And I don't mean anything bad about you, Tyler. Just I'm just going on history. But he could, you know, even if he does, if, let's, if, he, if he stays healthy, great. You got you got him, you got Eflin, you got Shane, and you got another fourth. You got a fourth guy that's number one with this offense. Finally, that's that's a team I think has a shot to win a World Series. I still th- I still think they they have a shot, even as constructed nope. as is. No, they don't. I think they do, but they I'm finding something to put them over the hump. Well, listen, they do. If you think everybody like is going to stay healthy in the pitching staff, including Tyler Glass now, the rest of the way, and they'll get some of these other guys back, I, I, I don't think. Well, that's fair. History tells me. That's fair, and I know you have to pitch well in the playoffs, right? Don't forget about this. And I hate, you know, I don't want to say it, but, you know, just we've got to be realists here. What happened to Shane at the end of last year? He burned out a little bit. He did. He did. But he. He wasn't I the same guy. True. He wasn't the same guy. True, but to the to your point, I don't think he's been as dominant this year as maybe he was last year. 
during the first half. So you're saying he's he's cruising more. He seems to me like he's in, he's in a cruise mode. Yeah. He's in that he's he's reached that yeah. upper echelon where he could just go out there and do his thing every day. He doesn't have to really. Last year it. it looked like everything was max effort. Yeah, and he's not. Everything was max. He's effort. not. He's even had curtain outings where like his velocity's down a little yeah. bit, and he's just guiding through it. Yeah. He's found a nice little comfort zone. Maybe so he doesn't. And that's doesn't and that's where. That and then when you get there as a pitcher, that gives you the longevity. Exactly. So I'm not saying he can't do it, but again, I'm talking about what we have seen. Yeah. What is the evidence that we have seen? Tyler gets hurt again. Shane, Shane gets a little burnout at the end. Our, our bullpen is taxed at the end. Well, these that's are, been that's been our that's been our, our these MO. Are, well, these are what's ifs and what'd you call them? Ifs and butts and candies and nuts. Ifs and butts and candies and right. nuts. They're all ifs and butts and candy. But nuts. again, my main point is Glass now is the linchpin. Glass now is the linchpin. If he stays healthy, this team has infinite possibilities. If he doesn't. It just flows down to the bullpen, and we get what we've gotten for the last couple of weeks from the bullpen, which is not great. Yeah. Not great. So Thomas had a bad suggestion here. I'm sorry. He said Trevor Bauer redemption tour. Uh, no, he can stay in, in <laughs> Shanghai with the Tigers where he's getting, like, beat around and stuff. I'm good. Uh, yeah. And last thing I'm doing is adding that personality to my clubhouse. <laughs> and Chapman, we've had the discussion about Chapman. No. Damn, if he doesn't look great this year. Throwing 104 again and all that, but is he the right fit no. for this clubhouse is the problem. There's too much there. There's, There's too, too much, much there. there, and the Royals, I feel like, are in too a position there, where there. they could – the Royals are in a position where they could really hold him hostage for a lot, mm-hmm. I think, and that would probably be where the Rays would be like, no. And even I would probably be like, no. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. We could, we could, There's other players out there. Yeah. It's too, and it's, it's early right now. It's very early. And, and we should never, ever, ever – undersell, especially with the Rays, the importance of the clubhouse. It's a winning edge for them. So you don't want to bring somebody in who's going to even remotely upset that. No. And a guy with that kind of personality and name and star power, you know, especially in the Latin community. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing, too, you have to worry about adding people into ah. this into this team right yeah. now is yeah, they're yeah. so close-knit. Yeah, that would be a big ask. Sometimes, and I'm sure you've seen it around teams, that you bring in the wrong apple – and baseball is different because you guys are together closely mm-hmm. for a long, long time and for, you know, for weeks at a time. And you bring in somebody that doesn't mix and is a big personality and has a big entourage and all that stuff. No, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say thanks, but no thanks. F all right. it. F it. Let's go get Otani. Oh. <laughs> Sign me up. Trade the entire AAA roster. Uh, when we come back, what would we, what would we have to give up to get Otani? <laughs> Golly, would that just be unbelievable? We're gonna solve every issue with one, one move, one player. You need a bat, for, for half a big a, left-handed bat. But Check. Would, but would you do it for half a season on the services? Check. Give up the farm to get him for half a season? No, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. May not need it. Uh, all right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, our thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, and American Mortgage Services. Thanks to all our great sponsors. We'll be back in three. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. You can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches 
in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here. We want to uh, welcome in a new sponsor. Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their 
purple logo at many events that you've gone to. Uh, they are, without question, the biggest event provider here in the Tampa Bay area. Over 33 years of creating and in producing conferences, meetings, special events, big sporting events like the Pro Padel League that I've been working on the weekends out there at the Sarah Vandenberg Complex. The setup that they have done out there, EPI Productions, is absolutely incredible with the big scoreboards, the courts, uh, everything so pleasing to the eye as you walk in. Um, these big structures, just making the event look as big as it is. And that's what they do at EPI Productions. They make your event look big. They know how to do it. They have extensive inventory of AV, lighting, and decor. They even they make things on demand. Like they have this Game of Thrones replica chair that they can bring to your event. I've been in their warehouse. It's like an absolute uh, <laughs> candy store of just props everywhere. Uh, every big event you've ever been to, EPI Productions has probably been a part of it in some way. Uh, but they can do your uh, event, whether small, big, whatever it is, sporting events, large and small meetings and conferences, fundraisers, entertainment events, branding events, grand openings. If you're looking at doing a fundraiser and you want it to look big and you want it to sound good and everything be professional, Extravaganza Productions are the folks to make it happen. Um, so just Google Extravaganza Productions, or you can email me, jp at the JP Peterson Show, and we'll put you in direct contact with the great Paul Thomason, who is the big boss over there. We love Paul, uh, and they do an amazing job. Extravaganza Productions, folks, whether you have an event, big, small, whatever, and you want to create something completely new, they can do that. They fabricate all these things, like my little anchor desk at uh, the Lightning, see me in front of. They did that one too. They did so much. So give them a call. Just go to Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. Just Google it. You'll find the folks, or you can email me directly, jp at the jppetersonshow.com. Uh, so welcome aboard. Extravaganza Productions, Paul Thomason. Love you guys over there. And Dolly and Juliet, everybody over there. We thank you guys so much for uh, your support over the years. And welcome aboard as a sponsor. So there you go. All right, let's get an update on what's going on over at OTAs, my friend. I know you're perusing the Internet here. I just I love this time of the year. We're so hungry for football that I'm gonna that I will watch over and over the grainiest footage because you know the media. <laughs> You're watching the Zerbruder film of Baker Mayfield roll out and throw a pass. <laughs> yeah, and I've been watching it. This is like the fifth time I've watched it because you know they put the media you know furthest away from the quarterbacks course, by yeah. design. Yeah. And now I get to break down every single nuance of Baker Mayfield's throw in his little creamsicle jersey. Yeah. That's the time of the year we're in right now. Uh, but yeah, first day of OTA, some notable, notable absences uh, for the Bucks. No surprise, Devin White is not there. And we were getting this from Pewter Report. We're from Pewter Report, by the way. Yes, yeah, great folks. Follow them on Twitter to get all the information and picture great pictures and videos they got coming out right now on Twitter. Yep, we have uh, no Devin White, no Mike Evans, no Levante David, no Devin White, no Ryan Jensen, no Shaq Barrett, no Vita Vea, no Carlton Davis, and no Jim L. Dean. So most of the veterans not there. Uh, the, the few main veterans who are participating today, Chris Godwin is out there, oh. Antoine Winfield Jr., Rashad oh. White, and your new left tackle, Trist, uh, Tristan Wirfs. How about that? Interesting. There you go. Interesting. So I was uh, shooting a promotional video yesterday with the great uh, Thaddeus Bullard, Titus O'Neill. He is, and he is the best. I, I, was, I was the cinematographer in this case interesting yes i came up with the whole concept and you know we, we uh, had some hooters girls involved it's very good it was, i think it worked out very well thanks to the folks over there so um anyway so i i made the mistake 
we were talking football as we're walking through the stadium. I made the mistake of suggesting that Baker Mayfield had the inside track to the quarterback job. Forgetting my my folly here was oh. that oh, mm. old Thaddeus Bullard played for the who? Your Florida Gators. And he's like, oh, not so fast, my friend. I think my man Kyle Trask might have something to say about that. He was very big on the Kyle Trask beating out Baker Mayfield. Sure he is. And I, you know, I had to tell him as politely as I could, or he'll body slam me. <laughs> that, but I, you know, you know me. I've said it on this show. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Trask can do. I really am, because if Trask beats out Baker Mayfield, that means he's really good. And he has. I, I just, I don't understand how people just have completely written him off, like you, just completely written him off. The guy throws for 4,800 yards in the SEC and 50 touchdowns. And we're just going to, like, eh, he's trash. To be honest. He's trash. To be honest, and I know this might sound like such a cop-out answer, but I'm just being honest. It's a feel thing. I know. I know. You have, you have no evidence. It's just You're a very WFAN with this. I have oh. no evidence. <laughs> I have no evidence. Just don't my eyes. Me. Don't call just me my out eyes. right now. You know, I'm not saying it, but, you know, I'm saying it. Some things are just – some things you can just feel. I think that's a fair – I listen, sure. I no, – It's I, like I, me in the stadium, mine. A lot of information on that too, but <laughs> some things you, to I don't know. Say. Some things you just feel, and Kyle Trask to me doesn't feel like the franchise quarterback. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, I don't. I've, I have second round picks have never done that before. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> there's been a lot of second round picks who haven't turned well, out either. You know, I get it, but you know, but you, there's you know the guys. He every time he was given the big games, you know, almost beat Alabama in the SEC title game. Run, he can run around. He, he's got a, he's got a good arm. Not a fantastic, but he's got a good arm. The guy can play. Look, I I think Baker Mayfield's more suited for this see, offense. I, and see, has I five don't. Years, has I, five I, years. I don't think he has enough zip on his arm. I'm in that camp. If you're looking for my for any reasoning from well, the other I, field, I, wish, I, I don't think he has enough zip over look, his arm. When he played against the Falcons, I thought he showed plenty of zip, but it was inaccurate. The guys I, weren't open. I mean, I, yeah, he was a little bit inaccurate, but he wasn't. You know, if he, the guys weren't open, so you can't throw it there. They get picked. <laughs> so anyway, it's. But I would like to see it's him a, for a whole game against but, the but, freaking Falcons. I'm not gonna, but I'm not going to say any argument I have is like iron iron lad. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. At the, end, at the end of the nobody day, knows. Nobody, knows. Nobody, knows. nobody knows. Because for two years, even though I kept saying for the record all the time, he had, wasn't able to beat out Blaine Gabbert for two years at the back. Even though I kept saying that, you've pointed out, and other people have pointed out, okay, well, there was no way he was ever going to be the backup because Tom Brady's backup was always going to be Blaine Gabbert regardless, okay? So I heard that argument. And when I hear that argument, then it's like, okay, well, I have nothing else to say. I don't actually know what Kyle Trask. But I'm just wondering how much better... Does he have to be throughout this whole process, these next three, four months? How much better does he have to be than Baker Mayfield to get the job? That's my question. A lot. Like, is it a little? Are we talking little margins here? Because I have a feeling if they're anywhere close to each other, right? Or even if Trask is ahead slightly, I have a feeling they're still going to lean Baker. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And that's why. I and also, I'm trying. Told and Titus also, I'm trying to also keep in mind. And everybody at Florida tells me this every time I, I mention this to somebody who covered Florida. Well, you haven't seen him in, in the games. As he's a gamer, you know. Right. I can tell you right now, at practice at Florida, there's a reason why he sat for years because yeah. he wasn't a good practice player. That's correct. I'm mindful of that. I got it. But when you're evaluating this and you're a quarterback competition, 
I don't know how that helps Kyle Trask. Well, listen, I mean, the numbers say, you know, 75, 80% of these quarterbacks flame out anyway. Right? Playing quarterback True. in the NFL is tough, right? Um, it's the toughest job in sports to be good at it. There's 15 people on the planet that can actually do it. That's mm-hmm. it. With any degree of success, consistent success. It's not easy. Is he one of those guys? I don't know. Um, has he has he put up enough numbers in college and done the requisite things to be given a shot? Absolutely, 100%. Will he get that shot this year? I think he will. I think it'll be a fair shot. Baker Mayfield's going to have to be good to beat him out. And I think Baker Mayfield's a pretty good quarterback when put in the right situation, as a lot of guys can be. Mm-hmm. You know, A lot of it is what's around you, uh, the culture that is set. So I'm just I can't wait. Uh, my popcorn is ready, and I, I even I'm even looking forward to preseason games. I'm looking forward to you know any any training camp eleven on elevens I can see. I, I want to see him wait. grow. I can't wait. Yeah. And listen, there was a point in training camp last year where I I saw last two years I saw some really good stuff from Kyle Trask. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was some you know when the competition got ramped up a little and the other teams came in, he didn't look as good. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it just. You just don't know. But I've seen enough from him in practice to think, can he be an NFL quarterback? Sure. Absolutely. To what level? That's the question. You know, and, and, and folks, again, you know, we, we put so much on the quarterback, right? So much on a quarterback. It's not just him. There's so much more. A new offensive coordinator and Dave Canales, new personnel in, in, the, uh, in the offensive line. These can all be negatives. They can all be big positives. We don't know where this is going to go, and we won't know until they line it up for real. Mm-hmm. Even in the preseason, we'll only get a taste. Until they line it up for real, and we see how Todd Bowles manages games this year, if it's any better than last year, survey says probably not going to be. Um, at this point, you know, uh, the, the leopard doesn't change his spots. So, I, you know, I, uh, that, that's going to be a big question mark for me. Um, but new coaching in the offensive room means it is a good thing. Byron left, which was a complete abject failure. It was a disaster. No, I've never seen more dysfunction within a coaching staff. Do you know how that. hard? You know how hard it is to get that point across to people. I mean, I, I tweeted something I think last week or this weekend about you know because I saw uh, I think Colin had brought it up on his show on Friday. The, the Bucks are going to be one of the two teams for the for Caleb Williams. You know, going off about that, and I'm just like I'm exhausted of hearing that argument now. Right this yeah. off season. And I just put on my, like, why does everybody keep thinking the Bucks are going to be in those sweepstakes? Because I just don't see it, right? Yeah. But everybody's doubling down on it. And I put that out there, and everybody's, you know, commenting to me, oh, the quarterback's Baker Mayfield. End of story. Everybody's just riding the Bucks off because that's one thing. But if the quarterback was Tom Brady, and it's so what, would hard. They, what would they be predicting? If Brady was still here, what do you think people would be predicting? Oh, they got a shot at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And we'd be sitting there going... <laughs> no, no. Well, did you not see what happened last year? Well, I mean, he really doesn't want to get hit, you know. Yeah. He doesn't want to stand in and do anything. Did you see that part? Because that's kind of what happened last year. I mean, I do think it's kind of funny that. I mean, let's be honest. What? Tom Brady is a part-time owner of the the Raiders. Are you saying he's going to play again? I'm saying that I, if I what? were the Raiders, I know who I'd rather have quarterbacking my team next year. You'd rather and now have he's Brady. On, and now he's on the official payroll. You'd rather have Brady than that MFR than that MF. Yeah, absolutely. You think Brady would be better than Garoppolo? Yes. You're out of your mind. I'm not out, of, out of my mind. mind. And I'm the biggest people, Garoppolo fan. People, but come people, on, at some point, like I know Brady is is, is ageless. 
But he's not. I saw it last year. He got old in a hurry. That's the way it happens in this league. He's 46, bro. He's toast. He's done. And I know people wrote him off before. That hurt That hurt me. I might have just a little bit, but not when he got here, when I saw his arm strength. And not when I saw his arm strength in New England, I said he hasn't lost a step. The guy that played last year has lost a step. Has lost a couple of steps. Wouldn't take a hit. Can't get out of the way of anything. Turtles when get the least bit pressure. Wasn't that accurate last year, by the way. You know, you're hand you're completely handicapped with him as a quarterback. Listen, I'm just I hope I hope the God he plays for the Raiders. Listen, I'm just pointing that offensive line. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. I'm just pointing it out. You got the star receiver who's who's already already yapping about the quarterback. He's listen, he's got way too Brady, he's got way too much hubris not to do it. I think he is gonna play. I think he might play, and it'll be a disaster. And I mark my words, mark Can the you, freaking tape. This would just be like Mike, uh, Max Kellerman, but that was eight years ago when he said it. He was going to fall off the cliff. He's off the cliff. He's done. He's toast. If he comes back and plays for the Raiders, and I tell you what, if he, if he suddenly it's like, well, he wants to play for the Bucks, I'd be like, no, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. Would this, would this put him on the Michael Jordan, Terry? Wasn't Jordan a, a part-time owner of the Wizards? Or he was something in the Wizards front office, and then he came out of retirement and played yeah. as a member of the— I don't the, know if he went into the front office yet, though. Or he had it maybe— I don't remember. He, but he had lined it up right. or something? You may be right, yeah. I was like, yeah. if we're going full—because I was going to say— we're, Oh, this is full. This is No, because Jordan at the Wizards could actually score like 20 a game. Brady's awful. He was awful last year, except in a couple of two-minute situations. And it wasn't just because of him, but it, it was a lot, obviously, because of Byron. I think it's funny, but, though, because, like, I'm not— But I'm I, not, physically, I'm, I could see he's done. I think it's funny, though, because, like, I feel like through the whole entire season, I think you thought this way, but you always had that little side hope, right, in your brain that was like, okay, it's Tom freaking Brady. He's yeah, going to figure it out. He can turn this around. Right, yeah. and now that it didn't happen, and now that he's retired, I think by midseason I was. You have much completely out. Yeah. ripped the bandaid off. Listen, by midseason completely. I was out last year. Let's just be honest. I was pretty much out at midseason. Come on, I wasn't. I I was holding on to hope that maybe he would want to stand in there for the playoffs, but that didn't materialize. So, and by the way, the, the defense was awful at the end of the year against the good teams. Anyway, so. It was. It didn't, it didn't really I matter. just think it's a fascinating storyline to watch. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, like I said, I hope he comes back and plays. That, that mf just cannot get away. Yeah. I hope he comes back and plays. And, and if the Raiders are stupid enough to start him over Garoppolo, first of all, how could they even be in the same quarterback room? How do you, like, how do you keep Garoppolo around yeah, if you make that Yeah, you'd have to move? get rid of Garoppolo. <laughs> you would have to. So you're going to get rid of Garoppolo. For, for a 47-year-old, what are you, 47 46. Now? Well, will he be 47? He'll be 46. Yeah. It's a 46-year-old, broken-down Tom Brady underwear model that weighs like 175 now. This would be hilarious. Bring it on. Bring it on. With, behind that offensive line, of thing. <laughs> oh, my God. He's not that dumb. You'd sign Gronk and everything. I hear they need a tight end. Why does that just sound like such a bad idea now? Like last year it was such a great idea, but right now it's like such a bad idea. You know, no. Hey, hey, James in the comments here thinks that if Brady played this year with no baggage, Bucks would go 12-5. and five. You're out of your mind. We could only hope Brady mind. would choose the Bucks. You're out of your freaking mind. You, you, I'm sorry. If you think that's possible, you don't know football. Oh. 
You don't. I'm sorry. You don't know football. This is not 2020. You know, he was good in 2021. Last year was awful. It was awful, and a lot was on him. You can't, you can't, I wasn't, you know, finally Marcus um, from ESPN. Spears. Spears. He backed, he backed me up. At the, finally, guys at the end of the year also, there were a couple of, uh, Baldy said the same thing. There were a few of us brave enough to say the emperor has no clothes and said, and put it on tape and say, look, he won't take a hit. He won't take a hit. If you can't take a hit in the NFL, you can't play quarterback. You can't. And I understand why he did it. If he would have gotten hit, he would have been broken in half. And he would have been hurt. He knew that. I get it. But you want to put yourself in that catch-22 again, Bucks fans? You're out of your mind. The game has changed. Finally, you can say, I think it's safe to say, that he is done and he is a dinosaur. I'm sorry. It's hit the time has passed for the standstill quarterback sitting back there with no other uh, uh, abilities but to just make a read and send it because they're just going to cover your guys early on in the routes. Don't worry about the deep balls. And you'll get what you get last year. You get no running game, and you get – come on, people. Wake up and smell the freaking Nescafe here. He's toast, Nescafe. James. Sorry, buddy. He's toast. And if he comes back, I'm here for it because it's going to be – I'm going to bet against him every game. <laughs> I'm going to get against the Raiders. I'm going to make a freaking mint on his demise. Trust me on that. And you can too. <laughs> If you get your head off your ass and understand what you're looking at. Because that was bad. It was bad. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little USF here. Because they have their board of trustees has just ratified the stadium financing. And there are a lot of faculty members that are not on board with this new stadium, as predicted on this particular show. <laughs> yeah, the faculty members uh, have no use for this stadium and this is not unusual at other places but at usf it just it just seems right we'll talk about it next insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive i mean where do you start which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. I had Chris Lugo on yesterday talking about um, the difference between going to doctors that take insurance and different and, and ones like him that do fee-for-service. Um, 
obviously the, the costs are, you know, the copay costs are lower up front, but the cost in your care that you don't get is way more, way more, because these other doctors that are associated with these big hospitals now, they have about 15 minutes to, to spend with you. They write you a script. They walk you out the door. Whereas a Bay Area Modern Medical Center, they're getting all your lab work. They're going through all their stuff and just making sure that we know exactly what's going on with you particularly and attack the root cause of it, not just the symptom of it. Um, so that's that's the difference. Someone that's going to spend time with you, look at your particular, because medicine is not one size fits all, folks. Everybody metabolizes medicines differently, drugs differently, food differently, everything. There's some th- certain things that you're allergic to. There are certain medicines that work for people and that don't work for other people because everybody has different body chemistry. So that's why personalized medicine is so much better than the huge one size fits all approach. And that's what you get at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. So contact them, B-A-M-M-C dot com is where you get that. All right. So yesterday in the uh, Times, there was a story about the USF faculty not being on board with the new stadium and the expense of it, $340 million. By the way, the Board of Trustees passed the um, resolution today to build the stadium. It is, it is done. It is now funded. Um, and there is no turning back. And how it's being funded, there's some issues with a lot of people that are on the academic side. Um, Brian Connolly, Department of History's chairperson and faculty senate vice president, said, it seems to me like the dangers outweigh the positives. Uh, The story continues, uh, faculty concerns stem in part from the university's recent financial issues. In 2020, USF announced $93 million in budget cuts and plan to phase out undergraduate programs of the College of Education, uh, although some of those decisions were reversed. Quote uh, from Richard Manning, Associate Professor of Philosophy and Faculty Senate Secretary, he said, I've been watching faculty afraid they're going to lose their jobs because of budget problems for years now, and then to be told we're going to go $200 million in debt and spend over $140 million on a stadium to support our, in parentheses, 1-11 football team. My chant, my... My, my feeling is he probably used another word than 1 and 11 um, that probably ends in uh, TTY. Um, <laughs> um, the scars are also fresh for Tim Boaz, who fought the cuts during his tenure as faculty Senate president. Quote, have we really made that much financial progress that we can afford to spend $340 million on a stadium? I come at this issue with a great deal of skepticism about financially whether we can manage this without difficulty. Now, some of us will look at this and say, you know, and by the way, their projections are that, you know, the stadium will bring in X amount of dollars and the shortfall looks to be about three, three to four million dollars right now um, that, the, that the fact that basically they'll have to make up in, in you know, that, that doesn't that operating revenue is not going to cover at least these are the projections um so it's not like you're spending 340 million dollars they they hope to get a lot of that back like revenue that they don't currently get at at raymond james stadium like stadium signage and uh, premium seating and all that stuff they don't get that revenue so they hope to make a lot of that back in the stadium so look to me, though, and I know what you're probably about to say something along the same lines, this is the same old, same old at USF. You don't hear people talking about this stuff at Florida, Florida State, and, and Miami. And, and I'm not saying their, their um, fears are not well-founded. I'm not. Because, look, in my mind, 
these should be academic institutions. This is I'm taking a whole different you know approach. To me, these should be academic institutions, and they shouldn't be funding stadiums and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think you should have taken the football and basketball programs out of the universities long ago, made them professional entities that support the universities. It's a longer discussion, basically saying, let's stop the charade of sending these professional athletes into classrooms where they don't want to be and shouldn't be, okay? And just have these athletic departments support the universities. That's my own personal opinion. But that's a whole different dynamic. So we're working within this current dynamic, and this is typical USF. They don't ever act like they care about athletics, like the whole university is all in. This is, this is the residue of Judy Genshaft. And again, I'm, I, you can have that argument that we shouldn't be funding football programs on universities, and that's probably what Judy would tell you. But the current system is what it is, and they never were serious about athletics. Never. Never. Nope. That's why, I mean, right now, you could have, as your head coaches – Deion Sanders, and um, I'm trying to think. I'm not going to say Rick Pitino, um, but they could have really good. Well, they coaches. interviewed Mike Bray, whatever. and they interviewed Mike Bray. And there's, you know, I have it on good authority that Frank Martin would have come here last year. So if you wanted big personalities, and we're going to pay big personalities and be serious about athletics, truly serious. That's what you would be doing. But I know Michael Kelly would I, – I, I think Michael Kelly would have wanted to hire Deion Sanders. Well, but he knew there was no way the faculty was going to go for that, well, here's that, the thing. that for that whole act that all is this, Deion Sanders. All this article told me right here, this is an unserious school. Exactly. You talk all the time about you can't get in the club, right? You always come at me with UCF. You're not in the club. USF can't even get in line for the club, okay, with this type of thinking. And I understand they're faculty members and they want to look out, but some of these quotes right here, and what's this guy, Connolly? His first name's not even worth saying. They're not going to take a loan out to hire more faculty. They're not going to take a loan out to build or repair old academic buildings. I worry the emphasis on a football stadium will detract from those kind of things. What kind of crap comment is that? Let me ask you, Mr. Connolly, where were these football players practicing before we built the the indoor facility, which opened up at the end of the year, where were they practicing again? Jog my memory, please. Uh, outside. Outside, like in the middle of everybody, where everybody could see. I could drive on Fowler and look to my right. Yeah. Not even like a, a gate or anything around yeah. them, right? Yeah. Try and you're trying to act like you're going to get expansion in college football and be taken serious that way, huh? Mm-mm. Get with the program. You have to spend money to become a player in college football in the modern era. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the dance, people. And for these people to make some of these comments, and there's some other ones in here. This is a vanity project for the Board of Trustees. And, uh, <laughs> Maybe my favorite. I love Where did the, that come from? Uh, Manning, wherever he's at here. Again, I, I have no interest in I'm playing there. I'm not saying he's wrong. <laughs> it's, not, it's not going to further the central academic mission of the university. No, it's not. I don't give a shit. Well, this is, this this, is, I will say this. I'll, go ahead, finish, finish. Football's run the, football runs most universities around this country now. That's how it works. Your football team eats, you all eat. And in my opinion, you build the money, you build the money for, the, for the stadium, you're going to make a lot more off of it because of what you're doing right now. Whereas right now, you're just stuck in, you're stuck in nowhere right now. You've got a stadium that's 30 minutes away that has no atmosphere to speak of for college football that your own student base doesn't want to go to 
and then you got a bunch of people all around the, the facility, and I don't think they're alone, by the way. This is only just like four faculty people that are mentioned. Oh, I have no. a feeling. Oh, no. I have this, a feeling. They speak for the majority of the faculty. I have a feeling that Michael Kelly and everybody that's in, that's, uh, in charge of that athletic uh, department is probably fighting the same uphill battle and has been doing it for a long time yeah. to get them committed to athletics. And this is the reason why. It's not just football. The entire state of USF athletics right now, if you were to go team by team, program by program, and, and women's and men's, it's all a disaster right now. Yeah, I saw I that can't whole, name yeah. outside of women's college basketball. That's right. I can't Jose name you. I can't name you a single standout right now in that entire athletic program, men's or women's. It is an absolute train wreck right now, and it's fitting. It's really fitting. Yeah. And if I'm a USF supporter, these are the things that piss me off. How do you expect me to support and buy into this team when my own university won't do it? Well, I would say this to these academic people. I understand where they're coming from because that's always been the attitude at USF. It's always been academics first under Judy. And that, you can argue whether that's right or not, okay? But at what point the, have we gone I, past that already? But let me explain this to you. I, I showed up on Florida State's campus in 1981. Okay, at that particular point, they were six years removed from an 0-11 season and hired a guy by the name of Bobby Babb mm-hmm. and almost dropped their football program. Correct. Okay, and when I went there, there was a erector set of a stadium, you know, much, looks very much like Bright House Field, does not, I don't know what you call it now, very much like the, just an erector set, old steel, that's all it was. It had a, uh, I don't even know if the skybox was up yet on the, on the student side. It had a little bit of luxury boxes, a really plain, uh, old, rundown press box at the top. You know, um, they had just built the Moore Center, mm-hmm. which is their new uh, facility. And, and, to, and prior to that, we're working out of Tully Gym, I believe. I mean, it was nothing. It was worse than the way USF started, almost. It, they didn't have a professional stadium to play in. It was nothing. And the campus was pretty much... You know, there hadn't been a whole lot of new buildings added in a long, long time on that campus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was 1981. They just, you know, Bobby Bowden just went to back-to-back Orange Bowls. In my first year, they went to the second their second Orange Bowl. They started to become a national power. And they went through the early 80s and, you know, were getting some, had some good teams, not great teams while I was there, but some good, but they were beating some of the bigger teams. And they were starting to win even more. And then 1987 came. And they went, to, they went to the Fiesta Bowl, and that started 14 years of top five finishes. 14 years of top five finishes. And they got into the ACC. They started building more, they started building more onto the stadium and more, more skyboxes, more everything. They get into the ACC. Now they're in a big conference in mm-hmm. football. Now they win a national championship in 1993. Okay? When I went there, you had, if you had a 2.0 grade point average and an 800 SAT, you could get into Florida State. Today, academically, you need about a 1,400 and about a 4.2 to, oh, get, into Florida, me, I know. to get into Florida <laughs> State University. So I would tell you academic people, it doesn't happen overnight. But a program, a football program, makes your university so much more public and desirable for they can get better students who then you know, beget better students, better programs, better academic standings, more money coming in from boosters. And look at the stadium now. It's chock full of classrooms. They have a film school in there. Mm-hmm. They have luxury boxes. The Victor, uh, the 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 uh, 
a Letterman, whatever the hell they call that, the University Club, all these different things. It's it's like a pro stadium now. The facilities are just ridiculous for all the athletes. Brand new dorms everywhere, new classrooms, new everything. The place is absolutely incredible. And that's because of the football program. Because they invested in the football program. And that and that that story has been replicated at Alabama, at Clemson, at Georgia, across college football, across universities. Because that's what it takes. They invested in a good coach. They kept them there. They paid their assistants a lot of money to keep them there. They invested in the stadium to the way it is now that it benefits everybody, not just the athletes. And that's what it can do for USF. But if you constantly have this academic first, and I, I get it, I get it, but that's not the way the game is played. Okay, you can hold on to those, you know, utopian dreams. It ain't ever happening. It's not changing. Mm-hmm. This is how you drive it. You either get in and go all in, or you can do this half-assed thing you've been doing, which will keep being half-assed, or you can play in the big time. I'm just asking you to – to me what this sounds like is you got to take a risk at some point, right? Well, let me just ask you this. If they were signed off, and I think Michael Kelly – I would have loved to hire Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders would have come here if they'd have paid him. It would have been a better fit for his interim job to the next big job. Trust me, Colorado's not the end for him. Trust me. That would have been a better stopping off point to get to the SEC or, or another job. He knows that. It's going to be a challenge in Colorado. He would have come here. But they didn't want to pay him. And also, Michael knew that it would be the Deion show. It would be a shit show like it is in Colorado. A lot of people love it. A lot of people don't. You think all the faculty on Colorado is on board with this primetime show? No. <laughs> no, they're not. I can trust you, trust me on that. But if you want to get into the big time, if you're going to play in this game, you got to play with stars. Can you just imagine what this USF program, would you think these people would be bitching if, if primetime was here? I'm sure they still would, yeah. They wouldn't, you know what? They would look stupid because there would be so much, there would be so much attention on this football well, program right now. So much, everybody would be going bananas. And even they, even at that point, they would probably have to sit back and go, well, you know. Well, they look stupid. I mean, they are one of the, whoever said it there and had the comment about, you know, our 1 and 11 football team, they just, they showed it right. They don't care. Well, the, the, it, the, let's anything, just say, if Primetime was here right now, if the, and this stuff came up, he'd be going, hey, uh, Walmart, um, we need a $50 million donation for our, field, for our new stadium. We'll put your name on it. Thanks. Done. Okay, true, but it, but it didn't happen. Is that happening now? It did happen. No, it's but not happening. To this, to this singular issue, though. Because Money wouldn't been, be an issue. To this singular issue, though, it's like you've got to take a risk and you've got to do something big to get into it, Right. And I, I just, for the life of me, I can't understand how you're not willing to do that now at this point. And I hate to compare it to, to UCF, but it's always been the easiest comparison. Yes, yes. Because everything that UCF has right now should have gone to USF That's right. in all truth. 100%. They got lapped what, by UCF. And, and why did that happen? Uh, UCF put athletics first. They built a stadium. And they built, they had the on-campus stadium in 2007 that came in and changed the entire ordeal now you got a 50,000-seat stadium right there in the center of campus for everybody to you, everybody can come to, right? And you built the energy for it. You were able to get into the American Conference, had success there because you put resources into it. You got a lot of really good talent into it. You got the city of Orlando. You marketed well. You took advantage of the situation where Orlando only has one sports team at the time, and it was the Magic, and they were really down at the time. So maybe it was a perfect time, right place, right time. Right, right. They became no Orlando Orlando's City. hometown team. Right, right. It was a real thing, Big right? Market. 
and then 2017 happens and the rest is history. But I look at where they are now in the Big 12, the work didn't finish by getting in the Big 12. The work has only begun because now we have all these new things that are going to complement the stadium. Now we're renovating the stadium. Like you said, when Florida State got to the ACC, everything else followed. And that's now happening at UCF. And I'm sure they're going to add this to the academic part of it as well. And they're going to build it up like a prestigious university. That is the cycle. That is the cycle. And unfortunately, USF is content, it just seems like to me, yep. with just sitting and fiddling with their hands and going, go academics, go. Right. Well, if this, that's, that's it. You know, on the on the bright side, you know, these faculty people lost. They did. They lost today. Good. And, and so this is um, this is the first step of them being serious. You know, Michael Kelly's done a hell of a job uh, renovating. He's all, doing his best. All the uh, facilities over there. Um, you know, I would say his his confidence in his two previous coaches were was probably misguided. Um, but he didn't want to just fire him again and start the cycle all over it. I get it. He was hoping to build a little stability. There was some feeling that maybe Jeff would get it right. Um, it just didn't happen. So, you know, here we go again. I get that part of it. But if you look at everything else that Michael has done, he's been spot on. And he said he was going to get this stadium done. And you know what? He freaking got it done. He freaking got it done. So, you know, all you guys bitching about Michael Kelly, he got this thing done, along with uh, Will Weatherford and a lot of other people that really, really drove this. Yeah. So as much as we just talked about how USF has not been serious, this is serious. This is, their, this is them finally putting their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and saying, we're going to do this. Now, for my money, it's probably 10 years too late, but, you know, at some that, point, you've got to do it. That's the problem. You have to do it now, but if you would have done this 10 years ago, and listen, I mean, I remember we you first— You would be ahead of UCF. I remember when we first started the show, you were in the camp of, why do you need an, on, an on-campus I stadium? I was. I was wrong. So and I have to think, and you're, I was you, wrong. I have to think if you had that mindset, there were a lot of people who had that mindset, yep. I guess, at the time. Yeah. But it's come to the point now where I don't understand how you can make an argument for the other now. I, I have, you know, I've, I've long held that opinion, but I had to finally come on board with what UCF did. Even I was like, oh, I don't want a crappy stadium like that. And then I was like, well, you know what? It worked. It got people interested in the football program. It got people on campus. It got better recruits. Even your, they, they won in 2017, and everything followed from that. Even your, your stadium that you grew up going to, the Orange Bowl, yeah. let's not act like that was a Taj Mahal. No, it was a sh- a complete show. But it worked. It worked for Miami because it was, you know, it was it, it was a place of energy, man. It was an iconic place, you know, with all the Orange Bowls and the Dolphins. It was an iconic place. It's one of those those energy places I talk about, right? Mm-hmm. The Rose Bowl is one. The Orange Bowl is yeah. another. I've never been know? to the Rose Bowl, but I can't yeah. imagine it's like, you know, yeah. state of the art. The, you know, the, the energy in that Orange Bowl when the Dolphins were going 17-0, I was there. I felt, the, I felt that steel... <laughs> Erector set oh. sway. I feel it every time. And, I'm, every time I'm energy, in the. Uh, but it, when they, you know, eighty-five thousand people, it, and it was people, and that de- those two decks were right on top uh-huh. of each other. Man, it, it was loud it, in there. That's how I and feel. And there was always it, uh, garbage blowing around. Yeah, yeah. You look at the old highlights. Always those hot dog wrappers blowing around. <laughs> I'll never forget. That was like okay, that's the orange bowl because it would just like swirl. The wind would swirl in there, uh-huh. and uh, it was this, it was a special place. But but it wasn't on campus. It wasn't on campus, and Miami built their program that way. That's why I thought FSU or, or USF might be able to pull off the same thing in a metropolitan situation. It's just we're at a different time. Yeah, exactly. There was, there was nothing else going on in Miami at that particular time. The Dolphins had kind of hit, you know, not they were, had hit a lull. 
You know, they hadn't really, they weren't through the 80s and 90s. The Dolphins, you know, they had Marino, but they weren't winning. Yeah, and, and by the way, this thing that USF's building, this is not going to be some rinky-dink, like, for, it's not going to be like UCF where every it's time I'm, where every time I'm jumping up and down, I can see it. House. I can see it moving and everything. It's going to be a very nice stadium for the price tech they have. So it's not going like it's going to be rinky dink, and I think it's going to help attendance greatly and get just get some buzz in your university. Yeah, I mean your students. Your students don't even care. Yeah, if they don't care, it's hard to reciprocate any care from anybody outside of those walls. Well, hopefully this is the demarcation point of where USF finally started getting serious about athletics. Yes. And, and, and this moving is moving forward. Yep. And so that's why just to wrap up here, that's why when Alex Golish says that this is the most important summer in USF football's program, given the stadium, ish, the stadium situation that's going on right now and where the program is, he couldn't be any more correct on that. And I think he understands the task here. This is almost, to me, do or die for USF football for what they're going to be in the next decade. Mm-hmm. To me, it all is on the shoulders of Alex. I know it's not fair, but I think it is. It's all on the shoulders of Alex Golish and what he can do here in this conference now. So it's interesting. They plan on opening this for the 2026 season. So it's that's a quick turnaround. So the, 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 the guys that just signed here will be playing in it. Playing in the new stadium. That's yeah. a recruiting tool. And listen, Alex Golish, to his credit... He put it in his contract. If I'm coming here, you're getting me that stadium. I'm not, you're not backing out of this. I'm, I'm getting that. He had it written in his contract. So, you know, it's good to see they're going to do right by him. Yeah. Well, there's, he's got a lot. You've got to give him a shot. Of course. He's got a lot on his shoulders. Yeah. He's got a lot on his shoulders. But this helps tremendously. And it's, it just signals that, you know what, there's a new sheriff in town, USF. <laughs> uh, Judy... Again, Shaft, and, you know, for all the great things she did for this as an academic university, was never really on board with athletics. And those days are over now. There's a new pr- mm-hmm. a president, Rhea Law. Um, there's a new attitude among the board of trustees. You know what? It almost, we're going to get it, we're going to be in this game, we might as well play it. I know it's dumb to even bring it up, but I just wanted to get your answer real quick. If Judy Genshaft was not in charge at the time, and Rhea Law was, during the whole Levitt situation, does he get fired? No. And how different, more, it was, you know, and how different is well, the timeline? You, you, you wouldn't have hired an athletic director that, you know, didn't even have a football program where he was at. You would have hired someone, you know, if Leroy were, were still alive, they'd be in a big conference. Stadium would have been done 10 years ago. Uh, you know, it, we'd, or they'd probably be playing it for the last four or five years. That was a big, you know, leadership matters. Mm-hmm. And Leroy had a lot of pull on that. Um, but I don't know. I know as long as Judy was involved, it, it was never going to be a priority. Never. So, you know, um, it, it, and now that's changed. So this is, this is a great day. If you're a USF football fan, if you're a USF athletics fan, this is a momentous day for you because this, this is the demarcation of USF finally getting serious about athletics. So congratulations. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. We'll get. Uh, I'm going to get Will Weatherford on here to chat about this. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, um, because it is a big deal. And that that whole story I told you about Florida State. That's true. That's and that's the way this game is played now. So you better get on board or get out of the game. All right. Quick break. Uh, when we come back, we we got to talk about LeBron. Is LeBron done? What's next for LeBron? We, and you know what else we got to talk about? The freaking Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. That dude is just incredible. 
and uh, having good to watch him now. It's been great. All right, back in three. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. We'd like to welcome in a new sponsor, Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. Paul Thomason and Dolly and all the great folks over there um, have an incredible business. They've been doing this for over 33 years of creating, producing conferences, meetings, and special events. Uh, they did the Warrior Games a couple of years ago at the Tampa Bay Convention Center, which was a huge, actually it was all over, uh, it was like an Olympic event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to USF to downtown uh, and did it with such ease. Uh, they just, they do the biggest productions and the smallest productions. If you have a small meeting, 
um, that you just need some AV for, some lighting, some decor to make it special. If you have a, a fundraiser that you uh, you just don't know how to do the logistics, call Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI Productions, and go to their, uh, just Google them, Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. You'll get their website and their phone numbers and everything. They do entertainment events, branding events, grand openings. They've thought of things you could never even think of. Uh, and if you want a free consultation and creative design option, Appointment at no charge. Just mention us, FanStream Sports, the J.P. Peterson Show, and they will give you that first meeting, that consultation, creative designer options at no charge. If you have a grand opening, anything that you need an event planned and all the A.V. and logistics done, it's Extravaganza Productions. They're doing the uh, Pro Padel League out at uh, Zephyr Hills this week. So just go uh, to uh, Google, Google them. Extravaganza Productions Incorporated EPI. Paul Thomason and the group out there will get your event looking first class. So thanks to them and welcome aboard. Um, all right. Uh, wanted to get to this story on, on uh, first of all, let's, let's do the NBA first. And I just want to say, shame on me. Shame on me for not watching more Nikola Jokic basketball. Until this point, I've never watched an entire Denver Nuggets game. Why would I? But, man, that dude's game is just so fun to watch. That shot he made last night over AD on one foot, three-pointer, falling away. Yeah. I mean, and that's not out of his realm. That's part of his repertoire. Just what he does. I mean, he scores (laughs) in every way possible. His passing is unbelievable. His defense, I think, is underrated. Um, hit the pick and roll with this guy is just it's impossible to stop yeah. and it opens up all the myriad of options even what even a player the the last play the, the, I think he got the game winning basket there to make it one thirteen to one eleven yeah where he just straight up bullied ad came inside he backed him down Schroeder came over that was like an ant yeah. essentially quit against the bull and he just out muscles both of them all that physical contact and lays it in for two he's such a well rounded player. And you hear that all the time about a lot of guys, but he truly is. And I'm just sitting there wondering, man, why, why does the NBA voters just go, oh, we can't give this guy three MVPs in a row? No, you can. You can. This guy is He's the, so much a better player than Joel. Oh, and we learned that in these playoffs. Close. Some people put up triple doubles all day, and it's empty calories. I think of Russell Westbrook is probably oh the perfect the example king, of that. The king. This is a triple-double with the most impact you could probably get. And the stat, he has the most triple-doubles in a single postseason in NBA history. He passed Wilt Chamberlain. And they haven't even gotten to the finals yet. They haven't yet. even gotten to the finals yet. And they just swept the team. And they just swept the team. That was red hot coming in here, feeling good about themselves, LeBron. So, yes, let's give our flowers to those Denver Nuggets today. Hell By the yeah. way, 47 years after their first game in the NBA, finally in the NBA Finals, also very fitting on the same day that perhaps the greatest player in the history of their franchise until this 15 came around, Carmelo Anthony, announces his retirement. True. Uh, fitting there as well. So the Nuggets, first NBA Finals, congrats to them. They were the best team all year long in the West. They really have been, and um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a great final with them in the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat are big. Are you riding off the Boston Celtics? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're complete <laughs> what trash. What an absolute joke. They're complete trash. Um, yeah. And I don't know what the hell Tatum and Brown were doing the other night. They're done. And, you know, I heard this, you know, all this talk yesterday about Joe Missoula. The guys didn't believe in the game plan. What? what? When it, the NBA playoffs comes, there's no game plan, bro. Well, well I mean, hold I, up. There is. But just hold go, up. Out, go out and play. I think Missoula is in over his head. I'm not going to debate you on that one. 
But also, when your star player, and this is why I hate this era of sports so much, is we love to throw the word superstar. Right. We love to throw that around. Jason Tatum is not a superstar, folks. You wonder how I know that? Because he has scored the same amount of field goals as me and you through three games in this postseason or in this in this series in the fourth quarter. He is a big 0-4. His only points in the fourth quarter are on the free throw line. Crazy. He doesn't want the ball. He doesn't want the ball. You can't be a superstar right. and not want the ball in the fourth quarter. And if the play's not running through you, go get it. Yep. So I'm at the Celtics. To me, I thought they quit in that game of course completely. They did. They completely. I think quit. they're completely done. They need to break up this core. They've gone as far as they can with it, and that's it. Was it Eddie House on their post game show? Basically, said the team quit. They did quit. They quit. In, in a, and in that's a why Missoula final down two. And that's why Missoula has to go because they quit on him and they quit on themselves. Well, yeah, I, I don't put this on the coach. This is on the players, and it's on their two players. And they're and they're talking about you know signing these guys to six hundred million dollars no, plus in extensions, and keeping them together. No. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, feel free. But I, you know, if you ever think that combination's winning anything, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't have the again. You know, the playoffs are a lot about, you know, not so much your ability as your durability and the stones you got between your legs. And Jimmy Butler is case perfect in example. point of that. He wills his team to wins. And you watch the way that Miami Heat team plays. And I, I love that cutaway of Pat, uh, Pat Riley with that shit-eating grin. Did you see that of him? Yeah. He was, like, just sitting back like this, just watching Miami just, just physically just take their manhood. He just took the Celtics man here. He's just like, he just had that shitty grin on his face. He's like, I know he just, if he could say it, he goes, you, you Boston, you guys are just weak. My guys are half, half the, the uh, maybe the skillability of your team, and we just bitch slapped you. They, they really have. <laughs> they did. They, they, they have. Uh, and that, you know what? And you see that, you see that with Florida, what the Panthers are doing? Yep. You know, the difference between a Huberdu and a Matthew Kachuk? Oh, my goodness. You know, you can skate around, do your little thing, and score a lot of points. Matthew Kachuk's all business. Yeah. He's all business. No doubt about that. Um, and last note about the NBA, we mentioned it, LeBron and his. And I'm glad we did the Nuggets first, gave them their flowers. Yeah, because I want to get them the flowers. Because to Mr., uh, I know, I know today everything's going to be about LeBron. and you yeah. know, that's... Hell, after the game was all about LeBron. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. I, I will say, I, last night. Regardless of whatever you thought about LeBron, I thought it was like his last valiant effort is what I felt that was. Yeah, we, he was so good in the first half. He really was, but unfortunately, and this was my takeaway really from LeBron and the Lakers in general, um, number one, they overachieved this year. This was, a, this was a hell of a season for the Lakers considering what they were, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And LeBron, I felt like... He gave you every drop of what he had left last night. He did. He did. He, he left did. it all out there. He sure How did. do I know that? Because in the fourth quarter down the stretch, and I know I had this conversation about Tatum. This is different. Okay, LeBron's going to be 39 soon. Right. He there's a couple. There was a few possessions, maybe even more. He just kind of found a corner and he was leaning over. You could tell. Yeah. LeBron he was out of and, and I said this on Friday, by the way, when you weren't here. I have come to the conclusion LeBron has lost a step, not on his game, just. Uh, stamina wise, stamina wise, he yeah. has lost a step there, and that's okay to admit that. And, and his and, and part of his greatness, and a, a huge part of his greatness, was willing his team to win at the end of the games, where you just have where he had the energy to just take it to the rack against all five. Yep. I'm going to get to the rack. I'm going to elevate, and none of you mofo's are going to stop mm-hmm. me. 
and he doesn't have that anymore. Not and that last game. possession last night was a perfect example of yep. it. He said um, they got him the ball in the right situation. He said, I'm going to the hole. And Gordon and uh, Murray were there, and they said, sorry, old man. It's not your time. Your time has passed. Yep. That, that will be, I think, to me, the lasting image of, you know, not the lasting image of his whole career, but that's the moment I said, like Brady in the playoff game, throwing the interception, ducking away from the hit. Well, I don't think it's quite I, as extreme as that. At this, that point, this man, I was like, this man scored 41 last you're done. night. <laughs> you're, true, true. But that was the moment I'll always remember of Brady going, dude, don't come back and play. It was my first defining moment uh, of he's lost he something. Could, now, yeah, De- LeBron could go on and play three more years as a role player, easy, and role give you player. give you 18, 10, and 10, you know, 18, 10, and 7. He could do that. And I, I say a role player as as opposed to being the best player in the game. I don't think he can be the best player on a championship-winning team anymore. No, exactly. He can't be. He can't be. That has, you know, and that's why Kyrie was... And listen, that's fine Kyrie to admit Kyrie was that. there. That's fine to admit that. I'm not going to go overboard like the worldwide leader in sports world today right. and try to have these conversations about, is this a stain on his legacy and everything? Stop. No, stop. Stop, you no, idiots. This, this, this is, as to your point, I, this is, I think, a plus in his legacy card because he took a team that was awful. Yes, and made a few few adjustments at the trade deadline, uh, getting Russell Russell Westbrook the hell out of there, and which which was his fault by the way, he wanted Russell Westbrook, LeBron the GM. Well, everybody wanted, wanted Russell everybody Westbrook. wanted James Harden at some yeah, point too. Yeah. He wanted that was that was G- GM LeBron f that up. So let's always remember that. Okay, he wanted AD. GM LeBron wanted AD. He won a title with it. Yeah, he did. He did. So yeah, you know, but. We know AD is is a flawed player. He's a great player when he wants to be. He's flawed yesterday. <laughs> he can be the best player on the floor anytime he wants to be. He was for the first three games. He was but, twenty-eight and fourteen. Right. He. But it's not all the time. Switch ain't all. And he, and when in crunch time, I can't count on him. No, and he definitely couldn't yesterday. No, no. And that's why LeBron had to take it to the hole mm-hmm. because a, AD ain't. And, that and guy. you're not giving the ball. I'm sorry, but you're not giving the ball to Austin Reeves, Dennis no. Schroeder, or Rui Hachimura in that moment. And that was a big thing too. Those three Not guys. Unless LeBron is kicking it out. No. You know, and they're wide open. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we need to get to? Oh, the Shiano. The Shiano remarks. <laughs> uh, National Football League was something I was not prepared for, said Shiano, in the biggest understatement in the history of the NFL. Via uh, JoeBucksFan.com, I've never prepared to be a head coach in the NFL. Shiano said he took the job because, one, it fell into his lap. And number two, he was concerned that Rutgers would end up on the losing side of the ongoing game of conference roulette. Uh, one thing I knew is I'm not good if I don't plan for stuff. The NFL is not a place to learn on the job. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> yes. And the money quote right here. The moment of extreme regret when Shiano learned that Rutgers had received an invitation to the Big Ten. Quote, I was sitting in my office in Tampa, palm trees blowing outside the window. People would say, it doesn't get any better than that, Right. They called me from Rutgers and said, guess what? We just got invited to the Big Ten. <laughs> I did my best to be excited for them, but I hung up the phone and literally started crying because that's what I dreamt of. I dreamt of Rutgers being in the Big Ten, but the only part of their dream that was missing was I wasn't the head coach there. Of course he is now and, you know, all his terms. But to, as a Buck fan to know that you're – as a Buccaneer fan to know that your head coach is pining in his office because he wants to go back to shitty Rutgers. <laughs> Was it that? Think about that. For we, a was, it, was it that bad? <laughs> Holy! 
Think about that for a second. You're like, yeah, go team. Your coach is like, oh, I want to go back to Rutgers. Oh, my God. What a slap in the face. Wow. What was what Rutgers in? What were they? Were they in the Big East at the time or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so much for toes on the line. Toes huh? on the line. And dude used to used to he'd have um, his ham omelet, ham and cheese omelet, had to be delivered to his room at the exact time, not a minute before, not a minute after. He seems like one of those psychos. had to be had to be warm, you know, a certain amount of degree. Every room would had to be set to sixty two degrees, and had to be sixty two degrees. He would have put a thermometer in the room to make sure it was. Every, I mean, he had he would hand out individually wrapped licorice sticks to every player and do bed check every night. I mean, it was the most ridiculous stuff ever. But uh, God, he kicked. All I know about Greg Schiano is he he kicked off three of the worst hirings in the history of Buccaneers football. Yeah, in a row. Yeah. Him to Lovey Smith to Dirk Cutter. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Did you forget a, a Raheem in there. A Raheem. I don't throw him Raheem in there. Raheem yeah. was really young, and he co- he got he was, a ten and six was, record. He was he was the. Fact, I almost he was a means to the end. I almost feel like Raheem got a bad Fox. shake. He did. He did. He did. Um, and I'll be interested to see him. You know, I think he's going to get a head coaching job. He deserves point. it. He does. Um, and I'd love to see this iteration is going to be much different. I don't think he's going to be hanging out with me and some of the players at the bar doing shots on a Wednesday night. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Raheem. He was buying too. I love Ra. Ra was the best, man. We'd be, I'd be, be like, let's go. Who wants to play Cornell? I'm buying. I'm like, all right, all right.